Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're a few days early, but that's okay, right? Well, I'm glad everybody's here today. It's good to see your faces. And if you're watching online or listening to the podcast, we're glad you can join us this way. It's not nearly as being you know, nearly as good as being here in person, but uh, it's okay. It'll suffice. Let's open our Bibles today to Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. And uh, I hope that you're able to slow down a little bit this week and uh, spend some time with family and friends. And, you know, the day and age that we're living in, it's important to intentionally recenter ourselves. Uh, and, and we're incredibly thankful to God, right? And we're thankful to one another for his provision and for his protection in this Thanksgiving season. And I, I just pray that may our attention this week be focused less on the food on the table and be focused more on the people around the table. Amen? Don't let this stress you out. Don't let this season stress you out. I know it can be sometimes just because of extra people in the house and extra family and, and all of that, but resist the temptation to get caught in the drama. Resist the temptation to make sure that everything is perfect. Keep your focus on thankfulness toward the Lord and be thankful for those that you're celebrating with. All right, will you stand with me together? We're going to read Luke 17 out loud, verses 11 through 19. Verse 11, Luke 17. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village... He was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to them, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you've done already here in our gathering today. You've been lifted up, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you've been moving in this place. The gifts have been released. And Lord, we pray that it would not stop, that in these next few moments that we get to spend together, that as we hear your word and hear this message, Lord, I pray that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, that we would be transformed by your word, and we would be released to go out of this place and build the kingdom of God. Every single one of us in Jesus name. Amen. Well, you can be seated and tell somebody as you're being seated, tell the person next to you, I'm thankful for you. Now, if you know anything about Thanksgiving, you know that it began as a really small community's response. 
And then it kind of grew from there to many communities and like all of the colonies. And then it went from that to a nation's response, again, to God's provision and protection, his divine provision and protection. And why have we felt the need to establish Thanksgiving as like a national holiday, to install it in the regular rhythm of just, you know, our, our annual life, you know? But, but, and here's the reason. Because gratitude or feeling thankful is a universal experience. When good things happen, there's an instinctive feeling of thankfulness. It's an automatic response in our soul. But when it comes to expressing gratitude... Sometimes it's not always as instinctive. Like we might feel it on the inside, but the instinct, and that's instinctive, but it's not always instinctive to show it on the outside. Sometimes we might feel it, don't express it. And when we, when we withhold gratitude, we actually create a gap. We create a gap in our relationships, an unfilled space, unfinished business. If you will, picture, picture a circle but it's not complete. There's unfinished space. There's a gap. And, and, it, and if it goes on and on and on this way, it will create a glitch in our relationships and it will weaken the integrity of our relationships. How many of you know that ingratitude stings, doesn't it? Ingratitude stings. Why is that? Because it's not just like the lack of thankfulness. Ingratitude kind of actually communicates, I don't see you. I don't recognize you. I don't recognize your effort and your sacrifice. Ingratitude can also communicate that you owed me something, so why do I need to thank you? Ingratitude is the opposite of what's expected or deserved. And so it hurts. It's not that the other person did something, it's that they didn't do something, right? You served them, you assumed that they were gonna hit the tennis ball back to you, but instead, they just let it go right past them and hit the fence behind them. And you're like, what's that about? Ingratitude doesn't always come packaged in silence or a lack of response. Sometimes ingratitude is expressed verbally. You do something for someone and they say, well, hey, thank you, but, you know, and then they go on to, sh- to tell you how you didn't do it right. <laughs> or thank you, but you chose the wrong color or you did, you know, whatever it was. And so they explain. And so it's not always nonverbal. Sometimes it's verbal, but oftentimes it is nonverbal. Another thing about ingratitude is that it's a big deal when we're the victim, right? It's all we can see when somebody is ungrateful to us. It's obvious, right? But it's completely invisible to the perpetrator. Oftentimes, when you're the one being ungrateful, you're completely clueless about it, right? You're like, what? I'm being ungrateful? I don't see how. It's obvious to the other party. The other party can see it. And I see some of you are like gently like nudging your spouse next to you right now, maybe not gently nudging your spouse next to you, but the culprit is rarely aware, but the recipient is always aware. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes it can be easy to write off ungrateful people. It can be easy. You know, when you receive gratitude, it can mean a lot, but so can ingratitude. It can mean a lot as well. How many of you could say that there are people 
in your life, sometimes it is difficult to show gratitude towards because when you were previously serving them with your time and your resources, they didn't show you any gratitude. They were, it seemed like they were ungrateful. Maybe they didn't say anything that was negative, but they didn't show you gratitude. And so it puts you in the position of like, well, I, I don't know if I want to be generous to them anymore. And we have to be on guard of that because as disciples of Jesus, we are to live generously, right? It's one of our core values here at Seeds Church. We live generously. Say that with me. We live generously. Why is that? Because we're reflecting the character and nature of God. And God so loved the world that he gave. That's right. And so as we are generous, we're showing God's generosity to others. Our commitment is that, is that God's blessings flow to us, that they will flow through us. Now, sometimes it's easy to live generously and, and to live gratefully in gratitude, right? It's much easier to extend generosity to people who are grateful. And other times, it's difficult. It's not as easy. And the reason that I bring this up is because... Um, our, our ingratitude, which sometimes we might not even be aware of, it leaves a mark. It undermines our own respectability to the other person. The ungrateful people that I struggle to not write off, they have no idea. They have no idea. The people who've written you off because of your anger, ingratitude, you have no idea. <laughs> or maybe you have got a sense from time to time, why is that person treating me this way? And you don't really know why. And maybe it is maybe it is because you didn't show gratitude. Maybe it's for some reason or another. That's a different sermon series. I don't know. But, but you're kind of clueless about it. But if you're not a family member, if you're not a family member to that person, they're probably never going to bring it up to you. Now, if you are a family member, <laughs> you might hear about it, depending on your family dynamics. <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming up this week. <laughs> Some people's stomach just got in a knot just now. Focus yourself on Jesus. <laughs> but sometimes people write you off and they never say anything to you about it. They just write you off and then move on. Now, I'm not so naive to think that, you know, there aren't people even in this room that I maybe have been ungrateful toward. Or people listening to this podcast or watching this video online. I don't know. Uh, and here's the point. I don't even know who they are. I don't even know. I've taken people for granted, and I'm clueless about it. Please no one say amen to that. <laughs> How many of you ever had something like this happen? Maybe you're at lunch with somebody or you're in a meeting with someone and things are going a little bit longer than anticipated. And so you say to them, hey, you know, I want to respect your time. I know you have another meeting to get to, or I know that other people are waiting on you so we can pick this up later. And then the other person says, uh, no, 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 no. It's all right. It's no problem. No need to rush back. They work for me. That's an entitled mindset. And We've got to fight against an entitled mindset because entitlement is the enemy of joy. An entitled mindset cultivates actually an attitude of ingratitude, 
We talk a lot about having an attitude of gratitude, but an entitled mindset cultivates an attitude of ingratitude. Well, they, oh, they can wait. They've got nothing better to do. I don't owe them anything. And if you've ever been taken for granted, you know what a terrible feeling that is. The, the opposite of an entitled mindset is a grateful mindset, and a grateful mindset is, says, I will never take people for granted. Now, if you've ever been accused of being ungrateful, and I'm sure we all have by family members, right? <laughs> you probably got defensive. At least at first you did. And, and the reason that you got defensive is because somebody was accusing you of not feeling something, right? Somebody says, you ingrate? You're totally ungrateful for, for what I've done or for this circumstance that you find yourself in or, or this whatever's happened here. And immediately we get defensive and we push back and we think, well, you don't know how I feel, right? And we get defensive and we say, but I am grateful. But how are those, that person supposed to know that unless you said something or did something to show them? And guys, I don't know if you've ever had any interactions with your wife like this, but you know, maybe you've been sitting at dinner or you're on the couch at home or you know, you're at church or anywhere for that matter, and your wife leans over to you and says, hey, what's wrong? And you're like, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. And she says, well, please tell your face because it's telling a different story. So in the context of what we're talking about, some of you are not laughing right now. You can call Pastor Russell for marriage counseling later this week. I'm leaving town. In the context of what we're talking about, you might be grateful on the inside. You have those inner thoughts, those inner feelings of gratitude, but what difference does it make Unless you, ex if you never express those thoughts and feelings, it's meaningless. Tell your face. <laughs> so here's the deal. Unexpressed gratitude is experienced by others as ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is experienced by others as ingratitude. Unexpe unexpressed gratitude is experienced by others as the exact opposite of what we really feel. This scenario is common. Life is busy, right? And it's going at such a pace that you find that there's distance growing between you and your spouse, growing between you and your kids. And so here's the wisdom. You love your spouse. You love your kids in your heart. Now love them on your calendar, The calendar is what counts. The calendar is what connects. The calendar is what ought to communicate what you feel. And the same thing is, goes for gratitude. It's the expression of gratitude, not just the inner emotion that counts. It's the expression of gratitude that connects. Gratitude and ingratitude are both relationally determinative. Gratitude and ingratitude determine how your relationships will go. They determine how much that you are willing to entrust of yourself to someone else and vice versa. 
Why? Because when we feel taken for granted, our instinct is to withhold parts of ourselves as to not be hurt again, right? So one of the great truths for us to know about this is that our hearts gravitate toward recognition and gratitude. Our hearts gravitate toward recognition and gratitude. If you're married, how many married people do we have in the place today? How many people would like to be married, but they're not? How many of you just want to be good in relationships in general? Hope, come, come on. Every hand should be up on that one. My God. Lord, help this church. Pastor Russell, your calendar is going to fill up with appointments this week. I want to give you a tip if you want to be good at relationships. Don't let anyone outgrateful you. If you, this is a great tip. This isn't the only, you know, key to success in relationships, but it's a pretty good one and it's a pretty big one. Don't let anyone outgrateful you. Be the most grateful person in a person's life. Show gratitude toward others and you will see the difference that it will make in your relationships. Why? Because our hearts gravitate toward recognition and gratitude, right? Got any middle school or high school students in the room? Mom, some moms and dads are raising their kids' hands for them. This is, that's you. Pay attention. Listen, I want to tell you something. Don't tell your parents where you heard this. When you have an ask of mom and dad, you're going to them like, hey, mom, can, can I get this? Can I do this? Can I go here? Can I go there? If you want mom and dad to be more yes than they are no, I want to give you a secret. Be grateful and be grateful out loud. <laughs> Why? That is a word. Yeah. I had a dream on Saturday night. No, teasing. <laughs> why, why is this a big deal? Because, like, parents are often taken for granted, right? Uh, if you're the typical middle school or high school student, and I know we don't have any typical middle school or high school students in the place today, we have exceptional ones in the house, amen? amen. But the typical ones think to themselves, well, well sure, I have a room of my own. Sure, I have clothes to wear. Sure, I have food. Sure, I have XYZ fill in the blank. They're my parents. That's what they're supposed to do. Don't be typical. Be grateful. Be grateful. Don't take your parents for granted. Why? Because number one, your parents deserve your gratitude. And number two, because mom and dad's heart gravitates toward recognition and gratitude. Life lesson, at the end of the day, every single one of us is a volunteer, even your parents. And I know that there's people in this room that can attest to that and say, my parents gave up. They peaced out. But those of us who are still in our kids' lives, those of us who have parents that are still in our lives, they could have peaced out. They could have left. So be grateful. 
Be grateful. Earlier, earlier we read this account from Luke. Jesus healing the ten lepers, right? Jesus was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Uh, what we know about this is this is a very remote area. It's very sparsely populated in the middle of nowhere. Jesus is approaching the village, and he encounters these ten guys with leprosy. Now, back then, you have to know that, that leprosy, in a sense, was, you know, if you, if you were a leper, in a sense, you were caught between life and death. I mean, you weren't dead, but you really had no life, right? And so leprosy was considered extremely contagious. It was considered grotesque. So the law required social distancing. You know, we thought that that was something that came along in 2020, but it's been around for a long time. And they had to, these people had to live in quarantine. They had to live in the outskirts of town in a designated area. They had to stand at a distance and watch everybody else live life. So Luke records that there's these 10 guys with leprosy and that they're just doing everything they can to just survive. They're eking out a living in the remote borders between Samaria and Galilee. You know, this, uh, the territory of Galilee is primarily Jewish and the area of, of Samaria is inhabitably uh, mostly by Samarians. Interesting side note, in this account we discover that this particular leper colony was comprised of both Jews and Samaritans, two groups of people that normally hated each other and wanted nothing to do with each other whatsoever, but both for, for political and religious reasons. But the thing is, is that pain and suffering and affliction and alienation have a way of minimizing our differences and maximizing what people have in common. Just a thought. But Jesus is approaching this small village, and these ten lepers are on the outskirt of the village, and they see Jesus from a distance, and they yell out to him, Hey, Master! Which is an unusual term for these guys to use, because that term, Master, would primarily be reserved for actually the disciples of a rabbi, and these guys were obviously not in that category. But desperate times call for desperate measures, right? And if... Jesus was who they heard about, and who, if he is who he's, if, if people say he is, then he is our only hope for healing. He's our only chance to get on with our lives and have a changed life. There's no like going to the doctor and getting amoxicillin to clear up your leprosy. You know, there's no, there's, there's nothing for that. Jesus is the only hope. So, Luke says that when they got Jesus' attention, he answered them and he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Why did he tell them to do this? Well, according to the law, anyone with a skin disease, after being quarantined, they had to go to the local priest to be given an all clear. Basically, they had to get a negative test result, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, in other words, Jesus, Jesus was saying this, Head to the priest, by the time that you get there, you'll be healed. But there was more to it than that, because when 10 lepers show up to the priest at the same time, and they're all healed, of course, the priest is going to be a little curious about this and go, what's this all about? How is it possible that all 10 of you are healed all at the same time? This is, this is I mean, they don't really have like, science, you know, science labs and, and, you know, medical offices back then. This is like scientifically impossible. 
This is medically impossible. How is this possible? It's only a miracle. It only goes to point to that Jesus is who he says he is. And there's another thing about this. Their willingness to go, to be obedient before anything changed, was an expression of extraordinary faith. Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priests. They didn't stand there and go, well, I'm waiting. Well, I'm not healed yet, Jesus. Now, the implication was is that we're going to be healed by the time that we get there. And this showed faith because if they got there and they weren't healed, they were going to look like fools and they were going to be breaking the law. It reminds me of something I heard once. So someone said, if God tells you to run headfirst toward a brick wall, do it. And trust that he's going to make a hole by the time you get there. <laughs> That's what these guys did. That's what these guys did. Jesus said, go, and they went. Not because it made any sense, but simply because Jesus told them to. And they believed in Jesus. And what happened? They obeyed, and they were healed. They literally were walking by faith. You know, we read that scripture in Hebrews. We know walk by faith and not by sight. These guys literally were doing it. They were literally walking by faith. And they responded to the prompting before they knew the outcome. Extraordinary faith. This is the kind of faith that I want demonstrated. It's the kind of faith I want to see you demonstrate in your life, in your family, and in your job, and in, out there in the world. Let's, let's obey. Let's be people who are obedient. Our, our, I say this from time to time. Our burden is obedience. God's burden is outcomes. That's God's job, to worry about the outcome. I'm just going to worry about, God, you said it. I believe it. I'll do it. And then we come to this part of the story. One of these guys, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and he came, he came back around. He came back to Jesus. What did he do? He closed the gap. He completed the gratitude circle. Luke says that he came back and that he was loudly praising God. No more social distancing. He walked right up to Jesus and fell at his feet, loudly thanking and praising God. He was grateful. He wasn't just grateful on the inside, but he expressed it on the outside. He went back to thank the one who helped him move forward. But the story isn't over yet. Because Jesus asked, well, wasn't everybody healed? Where are the other nine? And of course, this is kind of a rhetorical question. Jesus knows the answer. Of course, they were, of course they were healed. But he's making a stinging observation. Something's missing. Some ones are missing. The other nine, they've missed this moment. They missed their opportunity. Something was missing. It was incomplete. They had got this far. And they hadn't completed the circle. They hadn't uh, closed the gap. But you know what had closed was the window. Their opportunity had closed. Do you remember when you were a kid? Somebody did something for you. They gave you a gift. And your mom and dad are standing right there. What would they say to you? Say thank you. In other words, like right now, in this very moment, don't let any time pass. 
Complete the circle. Close the gap. Make it happen. These 10 guys, their entire destiny had been changed. Apart from Jesus healing them, they were going to spend the rest of their lives just eking out an existence in the middle of nowhere with being separated from their family and friends. But Jesus came and he changed everything for them. They can now live with their loved ones. They can now work. They can now worship. They can now have a life again. But where are nine of the ten? I'll say this, before we judge these guys too harshly, I can imagine that if someone had confronted them about their, uh, what was thought to be their apparent ingratitude or their lack of gratitude, I would hope that they would have responded like, well, what, wait a second, what? Well, I am grateful. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. Don't, don't make any mistake about that. My life is completely changed. I'm, uh, surely that's the way that they felt on the inside but they didn't express it on the outside. They didn't express it. But this guy who came back to praise and thank Jesus, he completed the circle, he closed the gap, and Jesus told him, your faith has made you well. So the question is, who are we going to be? Are we gonna be one of the nine who didn't turn back and we're going to settle for unexpressed gratitude that could be experienced as ingratitude? Or are we going to be like the one who turned back and praised and thanked God loudly? Are we going to benefit from the generosity of Jesus and then turn and carry on like nothing ever happened? Or are we going to fall at the feet of Jesus in thanksgiving and gratitude? I say this, let's make it the habit of our lives. Let's graft it into our DNA that we are going to be people that complete the circle. That we are going to be people who close the gap. We are going to be people who go back to those who have helped us move forward. Here's a question to ponder. Who do you need to go back to because they've helped you move forward? The number one answer is God, right? I mean, we always should come back to God with praise and thanksgiving. He's the ultimate source of every good thing in our lives. Always come back to God with loud praise and thanksgiving. Sometimes we are too reserved in our worship. Sometimes we stayed up too late on Saturday night and we have not come and brought God our best energy here on Sunday mornings. And I'm not talking about coming here to perform for anybody, but we're talking about are you, are, in, in unexpressed gratitude is experienced as ingratitude. And I know that we are not ungrateful to the Lord. The, the second question is similar. Who has God placed in your life who has he placed in your life that you need to go back to because they help you move forward or maybe in the past they've helped you move forward? Who do you need to complete the circle for? Who do you need to close the gap with? Have you thanked them recently? Sure, you may pay them. They might be your employee. They might be a customer of yours. Sure, you might be married to them. Sure, might just be one of your kids. Sure, it might just be your parent, but have you expressed gratitude lately? You might feel gratitude, but have you expressed it? Let's not be like the nine 
that took what was given to them, but then they got distracted by their new circumstance and they got distracted by their new opportunity and they went on their merry way without circling back to express gratitude. If somebody told your story, or rather when somebody tells your story someday, will you be one of the nine or will you be the one? The good news is, is that you get to decide how your story is told with every expression of gratitude. One expression at a time. You know, some people say this. They say, follow Jesus and your life will be better. And if you just hear that statement and take it at face value, to me it seems very shallow and self-centered. And I will say that following Jesus will make your life better, but it's not, I don't get to be the one to define what better is. God does. But following Jesus isn't about living a life that makes just your life better. Following Jesus is about living a sacrificial life, the life that he lived. It's about helping others experience the better life the way that God defines it, not us. So this week... Who can you show gratitude towards? And in doing so, who are you going to reflect the character and nature of God to? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this season, God, we are reminded that we have so much to be thankful for. We're thankful to Jesus for our salvation. We're thankful to the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. We're thankful for your love, your kindness, your generosity, your grace, and truth, God. We're thankful for every spiritual blessing. And Father, today that I pray in this season that the focus of our gratitude will be more on just the stuff that that we have. It'll be more on just the opportunities that are given to us. It'll be more than just the blessings that we experience. God, we ask that you would give us a sense of who in our lives needs a touch from us this week or maybe even today. God, give us the wisdom on how to know how we are supposed to express gratitude and generosity to people in such a way that it connects with people, that we connect with people, but we're also connecting others with you, God, or we're reconnecting them, or we're bringing healing to them in some way. And God, we ask all of this in the matchless name of Jesus, to whom we are so grateful. And the people of God said, amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.